Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Cast kissed the podcast. Wow, the ADHD podcast on Rash Pixel FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Happy fine recording day to you. It Nikki. is. It is, mm-hmm. and it's just us today, which we haven't had in a while. I know. I know. And and. It's not like we don't have a lot of people to talk to. We had to, we had to put, it's like putting our foot in the door just to get, to get a conversation between you and me. It's like the old days. Ah, it's good. Uh, we've, it's good. We've, we, it is. It's good. We've had a string of some amazing guests on the show and uh, taught us some fantastic things. If you're not caught up, make sure you go back and download some of those recent episodes because they're, the, the, the coronavirus uh, series. Uh, I've learned a lot. I've had a lot of things that stick in my head in, in some fun new ways. Fun new ways? I don't yeah, know they if they're are. Fun. They're fun. Well, it, it, it is. They're fine. They're fine. They're just fine, Nikki. That, and that's so, a good, that's a, a nice positive F word. It is. It's the best <laughs> F word I can say right now. We're doing, we're doing fine. We're doing uh, fine. But today, today we thought we would talk a little bit, just take a little break and, and talk about how we are adjusting. And I say the royal we, the collective we, the mm-hmm. community we, uh, to this different sort of normal. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of signals thrown at us over the last, um, several months. And, and we're, you know, uh, dealing with the, the effects of stay at home orders and the growing pandemic. And uh, how are we doing collectively? We asked the question on Facebook, and and uh, we're very excited to hear some some answers and talk about some of the solutions that uh, you all are sharing and that Nikki has to share. And and you, and, Pete? Um, yeah, you know, I got things. I don't know if they're worth listening. You to, have an article to I'll talk about. I do. I got a couple of things. I do have two things that are important to me to share today. Yes. So I, I have I will put put myself down for two. Yeah. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD, And we'd love to invite you to join us over at Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast. That's our member community. It's where the community starts. For a few dollars a month, you get access to live uh, recordings of the show. You could hear all of Pete's errors as they happen before <laughs> he cuts them out in the final show. Uh, You get ad-free versions of the show each week in your very own personal RSS feed. And you get to know that you are supporting this growing community. In fact, 
fact, it's the community that supports fantastic services like complete transcriptions on our website, uh, transcriptions that allow uh, those who are not able to listen to the show to come back and actually read the show uh, after we post it. And so that is an incredible gift, not only to the ADHD community that you're giving yourselves by by helping to to transcribe uh, resources that we share, but also to the community that that uh, is in any way hearing impaired and still wants to take part in the podcast. So uh, we're incredibly proud of our community for ponying up at that level and continuing to support the growing resources, the show. We got more stuff coming. We're very yes, excited. We we're, we're in testing. We're in testing, testing right now. Very excited to share what's coming. How's everyone handling the quarantine? You know, as I think it's to be expected, but I've got to yeah. tell you, wow, uh, this question on Facebook that we posted definitely uh, triggered a lot of response. And what I loved about the community is that uh, it was honest and there were solutions from other people that were reading the posts, which I just think is really great. I think it's great that people were honest and, and wanted to share, you know, what they were going through. But then to be able to say, hey, I go through that too. And here's something that I found that works for me. And I think that that's really cool. So what I want to do today is I want to uh, go through some of these things that I found on Facebook and uh, what some of those solutions are from the people that posted, but also have you and I talk a little bit about some of the the, the thoughts that we have. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't have anything that's just going to say, hey, do this and you won't be worried about catching a virus. Like that's not going to happen. We're all going through this with you. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's things here that I wish I had a solution for, but we just don't. And so maybe just being together in it will make us feel a little bit better and just talking about yeah. it too, right? I think makes a difference. Yeah. So um, so what I did this morning before we got on is I did a little bit of organization. You were so busy. <laughs> I, was, so busy. I was so organized. I uh, looked through the different um, uh, answers or posts and I, I picked... Uh, a few of them that I thought really resonated and put them in categories. That's how I organized. Uh, I love it. So I love it so much. It's there's red font, red. Yes, type, there's red and type, type and all of that stuff. Some things are underlined. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's great. So before I go to the big one, which is actually the first on the list, I'm going to actually go wrap myself back to that one later. Um, but fear of germs. I'm going to start with that one first. So, oh, okay. yeah, that's that's right. In, in my uh, in my daily. Right. Yeah. Yes. So here's the challenge. Having to shop. I'm freaking out internally when anyone is close to me or is too handsy with something I need to touch. And then the other challenge is remembering to wash my hands more and not touch my face. Not touching my face is really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so here are some solutions from other people that posted. My friend suggested carrying an umbrella or cane to physically occupy extra space and therefore get more space from others. I thought that was a great oh, idea. I like that one a yeah, lot. yeah, really kind of a nice yeah. visual is- too. The, the benefit of parasols, like, right? It just kind of is a throwback. It doesn't have to be raining. Right. Just crank open that umbrella and use it as your own personal shield. You I bet. love it. You bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, another idea, I keep bleach wipes and a Ziploc so I can clean public surfaces before and after I need to handle them. Fits in my mm-hmm. wallet and my pocket. Keeps things clean for me and for others. 
It, and and they don't have to be like packaged, like pre-packaged wipes. You can just soap, like use some soap and warm water on a washcloth and put that in a Ziploc and you can just, you'll just remember to wash it Yeah. Uh, when you, um, you know, bleach a, a warm water on a thing and you can, you can wipe down groceries. You can do all that stuff um, so that you can. Which is a good point keep, Just keep it, because you know. we're going to run out of Clorox wipes. Like we have some right now, right. we're going to run out of them and then we're not going to be able to yeah. find them again. So I think that's a really good idea as a, um, yeah. something that you can do. I've also noticed that the grocery store that I go to anyway, they don't give you a cart until it's been um, sanitized. So they actually have a person there that says, would you like a cart? And then he gives you a cart and that was the one that's been, you know, sanitized. So they are monitoring mm-hmm. that a little bit, but um, yeah, I still wore gloves and I still wore, I still wore a mask. We, uh, we actually had, we did, went through a sewing project this weekend. We found the pattern for homemade masks mm-hmm. and, and made masks for everybody in the family. And they're the kind where you, you know, you just, you make the mask and then they separate. Actually, here's one made out of that we made out of old t-shirts and you put uh we actually made it and it's look i can wear my cat on my face oh, cute. and then in between in between here you put cloth or paper towel or something as an extra filter yeah and and you can so something i noticed when i wore the mask yesterday when i went to the store because mm-hmm. i wear glasses it's really challenging to not fog up the glasses any tips on that for me yeah, because you have glasses. Nikki, I, this is, you know this, this is my oh, plague. I'm a new glasses wearer have, relative. You always They're have fog fogging in your all glasses. the time. My eyeballs are sweaty. I forgot about I that. I have sweaty eyeballs. That's just weird. Well, I know, I know. It's my plague. I've overshared. And now it's out there. I'm the guy with there. the sweaty eyeballs. They're constantly foggy. It's a disaster. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was having a really difficult time yesterday with the mask because I couldn't breathe very well. And then it kind of defeats the purpose if you don't have you it around your nose. And now you can't see either. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, I'm still working out that whole problem. Okay. Um, well, I, I have potentially a solution. Are you ready for this? Yes. Do you have any old wire hangers hanging around? No. No mm. wire hangers, Pete. I know. This is the I problem. Don't. Who knew that interest would be paid on that debt now? But if you take a wire hanger, so the reason those N95 masks are so nice is because they have a piece of metal in them that actually is, oh. is shaped to your nose and it keeps the mask down over your nose specifically for that reason. If you take a wire hanger and you cut off about three inches of it and then you, you use some pliers and just sort of bend it around the shape of your nose, you can insert it into that mask and it will hold it in a position around your nose rather than... And opening that those little vents that go right up under your glasses. So oh, interesting. Um, if you can find just a, a piece of I don't know rusty old Wire. piece of sheet metal or some <laughs> some hypodermic needles from the drain, I don't know whatever you could do that you can bend. <laughs> it's a real okay. sanitary uh, process. Anyway. Uh, all so, right. Thanks for that, Pete. Hope that helps somebody out there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, okay. And then somebody else also mentioned that they have a sanitation station at the front door, which makes this really easy. They have little reminder signs too. Sanitizer in the car, so I can't forget it. Ziploc uh, with wipes in my wallet, so I can't forget that either. The sanitizer in the car, I think, is really smart because I realized, okay, so I went to the grocery store. And as I was going into the grocery store, I put my gloves on and then I'm grocery shopping and I'm putting everything in and I'm putting things in my car and then I'm driving off and I still have the gloves on. And I'm thinking, well, do I, I now any germs that are on my gloves are now on my steering wheel. And so <laughs> I 
super worried about that. <laughs> and so I ended up taking the gloves off and I drained, I mean, I drenched. I mean, I had like sanitizer on my pants because mm-hmm. I drenched it. I drenched, you know, the, the steering wheel with sanitizer. So, um, I don't know if that was the right thing to do, but well, you know, I, I, I will. Rec- I'll throw a recommendation in here. The uh, the Sawbones podcast has been doing some great work. It's a husband and wife, uh, uh, the uh, Sydney and and um, uh, Justin McElroy, and they. Sydney's a physician, and she works in a hospital. She's obviously front lines on this whole thing, and. Um, and and so they talk. They, it's usually a medical history show, but they mm. did an episode a few weeks ago about sort of her routine around coronavirus. Because of course she leaves the house every morning and she goes right. to a hospital that's full of coronavirus, and they're in the south, and they uh, are have been dealing there. And I think they're in West Virginia, and they've been dealing with no stay at home orders and like delays and all kinds of things. And so she's she walked through what she does, and um, so she actually set up essentially a clean room in her garage. So she'll leave in the morning and she leaves the house clean. She gets in her car, which is now considered an unsafe environment, right? And she's masked, mm-hmm. but she does her best to clean it. She goes to work. She has a separate set of clothes to go into the hospital. When she comes out, she goes home. She gets out of the car. She strips down completely, goes into the house, and nobody can talk to or touch to her, touch her until she's had a complete shower. Shower, and, yeah. And all of her clothes go into a hamper that is out in the garage. And, uh, there, and so you want to talk about, like, like the extremes, look at what physicians are doing in their homes um, to actually, you know, uh, create that sort of barrier. Um, Yeah, And and you can get some good ideas. And you're probably going to be overthinking it if you think like a physician because you're not going into a hospital and dealing with those. You know you're not actually, uh, like in that case, you know you're bringing home coronavirus when you do when you do what she does for a living. But mm-hmm. it's fascinating to hear the sh- steps to which she goes through to to actually to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Make that barrier. That's crazy. So it, it really triggers. You know, we talked about with Dodge Ray. Uh, yeah. We talked a little bit about what happens to me and it, it triggers those OCD behaviors. Right. And mm-hmm. so I can mm-hmm. I can go down a complete rabbit hole if I don't have some sort of accountability to to keep me on top of it. But I do find myself thinking a lot about you know, how to create the barrier. When when will you come to my house and it's just going to be covered with visqueen, like tented? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm, that's not beyond me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, we're, we're here for you, Pete. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> we're here for you. As soon as I start you. bringing out the rolls of plastic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so there's that with the fear of, of germs, which is mm-hmm. all very... Um, very real. It's very real. Very real. And really makes a lot of sense to both of us. Um, it is. It is not irrational anymore, and that's the, the problem I have with this. Is like, yeah. you know, usually I carry that around as a as a badge of anxiety, and now the it's not irrational phobia anymore. No. Right? It is no. a legit thing, and I have a hard time calculating that in what the that old noodle. Looks yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 I understand that. So, um, so a couple of comments about isolation, cabin fever. Oh my god. The cabin fever. I wish the weather would at least cooperate a little more so I can get outside and garden or walk or whatever. Here in western Michigan, it's been mostly cold and rainy. The few nice days we've had, I've been stuck inside working from the home office. Right now, it's 44 degrees Fahrenheit and raining off and on. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome to Oregon. That's about what's going on here, too. And I totally understand. Um, 
Oh, and to the point where I, I've really, I haven't done this yet, but I'm considering it just putting on the rain gear and going for the walk anyway, because just yeah. to get the, you know, the, well, the, the air fresh air is, is really important. And we, we have a, we actually are pretty uh, bullish about our dog. The dog has been the greatest thing for our outdoor activity because it mm-hmm. needs to go out yeah. and needs to be walked. And our yard, our backyard is fenced, but not big enough to really give him a burst. So we we do, we put on the rain stuff and we just embrace it. Just get outside and don't let it get, get you. And you can always tell, like you can make that transition. I mean, for crying out loud, Nikki, you're an Oregonian. Like you get it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the foreigners when they walk outside and, and you they feel the rain on their neck and they always walk with their shoulders up like right. this. You're an Oregonian. You don't deal with that. Like, you no, just you're no. loud and proud like your head yeah. is up you're fine it's 65 just 65 degrees we're in shorts that's right and pouring rain <laughs> it's fine it's just yeah. fine so yeah. i i feel like that's a that's just a really important thing don't don't let the weather get you down get outside if mm-hmm. you can't if it's still if it's freezing cold and you just you, like obviously make smart decisions but my goodness yeah, uh, yeah make use of of outside Absolutely. Uh, this is a comment that certainly resonated with me. Um, postponing the wedding. I have a nephew who was supposed to be getting married um, May mm-hmm. 30th and had had the wedding planned for, gosh, I think they got engaged a year and a half ago. So it's it's pretty devastating that they are uh, going to have to postpone that. Um, preparing for remote birthday parties, remembering to call in and check on people I care about. Um, all really real things. And I, you know, there's this like grieving too, to all of the, uh, graduates, you know, college and, and, uh, high school school. that are supposed to graduate and they're not going to get that experience in this, in the typical way that we're used to getting the experience. Um, so it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, yeah. And as we record this, there's still so much unknown, right? I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, this is where my, I'm optimistic and this is where it comes in. That uh, what I know is that the people who are charged with making these events, and I'm talking specifically about like a high school graduation or college graduation, I know that the people who are in charge of these events are working hard to figure out how to create something to celebrate the accomplishments of our graduates and to to do something to honor them. And I know that it's important. They, they're telling us it's important. Uh, they're, they're sharing their thoughts and plans. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what a, a graduation service is going to look like. They, they have no idea how that's going to play out. But I know it'll be something. And if anything comes of this, it is the fact that everybody is sort of working together to try and do something different and share an experience together that is completely, wholly unique by this class, this generation, in this time. And so that it's a non-traditional graduation, frankly, that may be a gift in and of itself, right? That's right. That, That's that right. we're in it together, we're working hard to survive this thing and to get over it and to take care of our loved ones who are suffering and hurting, to take care of those who are impacted. And we're going to get to the other side of it because we always do. And that'll I be a that. shared memory. Well, and I know that like when I think about the wedding um of my fam, you know, my fam the family wedding here, I also think like okay, it's it's as devastating as it is. It doesn't stop them from getting married. They can still get married. And that's the important yeah. part of this event is that you're getting married, right? Like we're adding this new person into our family and so we can celebrate later when it's safe. 
But I think that, you know, just the, I think it also puts things in perspective of maybe how much value we put on some of these events. I'm not downplaying weddings. Believe me, I had a beautiful one and, Mm -hmm. you know, I totally get it. Um, but you're, you're right. This is a very different time. Yeah. And, you know, there may certainly be a silver lining. Right. We'll call it a silver lining. I think that's really important. And like to the wedding, the wedding, like you can get legally married, I think, virtually in a lot of states. Right. (laughs) I think that that's a thing you can do (laughs) and you can have a beautiful ceremony later. Like there is a way there are ways to make this to make this work. And so we're starting to hear we just don't know enough right now. Right. And so it's okay. We're still grieving and that's okay. And also at some point we have to stop and and realize that there is a way to celebrate and to find a way to love one another and to share these events, no matter what form they take. Well, and I think it's also right looking, you know, I, I'm glad that the news, it's not the first news story, but I'm noticing that there are more stories about humanity and how people are helping each other and, uh, you know, seeing, seeing the helpers, right? I mean, it, it is so important that we also reach out and help and uh, be part of that as well. So mm-hmm. um, that that's the good in it for sure. Online school, yeah, talk about that's a that's so, a generational shift. Well, it is, and I'll tell you, I have my own anxieties because we're going to be doing it here in a, uh, about a week. I guess they start next week, which I know a lot of people ha- have already started. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of behind the curve here a little we're, bit, but we're um, in it now. Yeah, yeah. So here's a couple of challenges that we're finding. Um, horrible. This person is doing a, a horrible job. <laughs> she says. I have two grad courses and am a week behind in submitting work, two weeks wasted on Facebook and Scrabble, unable to focus, started distance teaching this week, trying to catch up. I hate schedule, but without one, I can't focus. And I know that she uh, is going through a lot of what I have noticed with my online um college students that I'm coaching now with. At first, it was very kind of scary for them. But then now that they're getting kind of into a groove, they actually like it. So give it a chance. Um, but one of the suggestions I would have for her specifically is to talk to your prof- to talk to your professor about where you're behind and see if you can get some extensions. People are really... The professors are just as uh, messed up in this <laughs> as everybody yeah. else. They don't know what they're doing either and they're doing the best that they can. And so I would just talk to your professors and let them know what's going on. And, and I hope that they're understanding. Um, the other thing that I would say about focus with, with students specifically, this is, this is so true with people who are working, but it's also very true with students. Uh, find somebody that you can study with and, have some kind of schedule or routine with that person and have that be your body double. Like put that into your routine that like every evening from six to nine, you're going to be studying with Bob and you guys are going to meet up on Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. And that's when you're going to get your homework done. It really helps. Mm -hmm. It really helps to have somebody that you are working with who you're accountable to and you'll get your work done and it helps with the focus. It also kind of allows you... um it allows you to feel like you can kind of screw off, screw up or not screw up, but kind of just do whatever you want to do because you know you're going to have time aside, right? Mm-hmm. So don't feel guilty about not doing it um, because you are going to meet this person at, you know, you're meeting Bob. 
Yeah, right, right. It's a commitment. And, (laughs) you know, we talk a lot about finding rhythm, like creating a schedule, making rhythm, creating all sorts of, 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 you know, alerts and things. But if you're really struggling with getting the work done, part of that rhythm, part of that schedule has to include an accountability person, right? It It has to include somebody who, uh, for, to which you are accountable directly. And I think I cannot echo that enough. And that, that is something like it's not just the alarms aren't the only thing. Find, join a study hall, jump into the accountability Mm -hmm. group in our community, like, Figure out a way to invite another human being to be present during your session. It'll keep you quieter. It'll keep you more focused. It'll keep your, it, it will. Even if you only get 30% of what you really want to get done, done. If that 30% is more than you would have done without support without having an accountability person that's a win right that is totally it because i know like on friday i put a study hall together in our discord group and i said look i i i you needed the work i needed this i needed to have two hours where i was held accountable in this group and say okay i'm opening up this group for everybody come join me i've got two hours of work i have to get it done otherwise if i don't get it done i will be watching the new season of ozark which i did over the weekend (laughs) (laughs) but i did get my work done friday afternoon so that i could Without guilt, watch 12 shows. That's 12 hours of TV. Congratulations. Ozark. Yeah. Really good season for Ozark You won Ozark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyway, I I do think it it really does help because I can tell you, Pete, if I hadn't done that, I know I wouldn't have done that work. Mm -hmm. I would have just said, I'll do it later. Guaranteed. I absolutely agree with that. Yep. So crazy crazy how well that works uh so this is something that was sort of like online school this person uh is having a hard time keeping their kitchen clean they use it for cooking demos and she's feeling pressure that she can't hide from it and you know my response to her actually on facebook was hey just be honest and let them see the reality of the situation they'll probably appreciate it yeah i would yeah right yeah this <laughs> is know? this is this is what it looks like to cook right yeah <laughs> this is yeah. what it looks like this... in a real kitchen it's okay i think if anything has happened uh over the last two months i think we've seen this shift in what our expectations are for for and and allowed us to put some quotes around professional right that right that, right it, that it doesn't mean perfect and yeah so you know i'm in meetings with people that normally would have been in conference rooms video conferences where i'd be in these conference rooms and big screens and everybody looks fine. And now it's okay that a cat walks across the keyboard in front of the camera. Like it is, and it, it's accepted and normal and everybody can be frustrated by busy kitties, but yeah. it, it is just the way the world is right now. And it's okay. Exactly. A dirty kitchen is real. As long as the, the resources that you need to actually do your cooking demos are available are to there, you. Then hey, if there yeah. are some extra dishes around, don't, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sweat I wouldn't that too about much. It. No. So the next uh, category that I want to talk about is the routines, productivity, and motivation. This, uh, these kind of topics were definitely talked a lot about on this post, and it leads into a uh, an article that you want to talk about, which I think is really important at this time too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Kind yeah. Of do like, you want to talk? You want to talk about the oh, yeah. thing first? Yeah, I'll talk about what what people are challenged with, and we can go and and talk about your article. Um, So when I'm in charge of my own schedule, I get nothing accomplished. The first week is great, and then I take. 
Uh, sleeping, I cannot get my brain to stop is a challenge. Getting out of bed is a challenge, probably because you're not getting enough sleep, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, challenges, feeling like I should be doing things other than what I'm doing. Always, or also letting routine tasks slide now that I'm working from home. So lacking the normal structure that allows me to remember to do things like paying bills. I feel stuck, can work. And that gets easier, but self-care has fallen. No motivation to do anything above minimum. I know what I should do with self-care and consistent schedule, but I'm not motivated. So what if it doesn't get done? Uh, Keeping up with the schedule and routine. So here are a couple of solutions that people talked about. Uh, One is, is they have a whiteboard schedule for every day is their external motivator. So uh, basically my weekly summary review to myself is my accountability for accomplishment. My morning coffee Zoom meetings with friends gets me up at a consistent time and dressed and talking and at my desk. It ends at the same time every day, so it can't run late and we all have to get to it. Love that. That's, Mm -hmm. That's the accountability piece that we were just talking about. Another solution is I have to keep reminding myself that it's just got to be done in bite-sized pieces to find silly escape moments or exercise to reset when I'm spinning my wheels. Something I want to just add to that really quickly is that I feel that as well, especially after reading or um, either reading or watching the news, I always feel like, okay, I need to escape this and watch something funny. Mm. And so usually I will. Now, Ozark is not funny. There's not anything funny about yeah. Ozark. But um, <laughs> yeah, if you tune into Ozark as a comedy, yeah, there's that's something, not true. There's something different. Yeah. It that was very suspenseful. But yeah. I will say that there's I mean, what I'm saying is that there'll be moments where I'll be like, let's just watch a funny movie, let's watch a comedy, because I just have to get my mind out of the news. Yeah. So I totally agree with that. So lots of um what I'm seeing also from clients, and I didn't hear so much in the or read so much in the uh, Facebook post, but what I'm hearing a lot from clients is there's just this pressure of I'm I'm at home, I should be doing more things, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and and then feeling bad about that, and and uh, I think that that goes into some of what this article talks about. You want to talk about that, Pete? Yeah, I so this article is from the Chronicle of Higher Education, and um, I, you know, I, I it was written with a perspective toward you know teachers and educators in general. In this case, higher ed, um, and and written by an academic to her academic colleagues. Uh, but there were some things in here that really uh, touched me, and this is a person who has been involved in in you know helping to handle crises around the world. And 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 so, you know, it comes with that sort of baggage. But I wanted to read just a, a little passage of it and then talk about some of its major points. Uh, and we'll, of course, share this link in the show notes. Um, and, and I think the title of the article is actually not great. The, the, the editor who wrote this title is is lame. Why you should ignore all that coronavirus-inspired productivity pressure. It's not a good title, and it's not really what the article is about. So ignore that. Uh, but but here she writes, among my academic colleagues and friends, I have observed a common response to the continuing COVID-19 crisis. They are fighting valiantly for a sense of normal- normalcy, hustling to move courses online, maintaining strict writing schedules, creating Montessori schools at their kitchen tables. They hope to buckle down for a short stint until things get back to normal. I wish anyone who pursues that path the very best of luck and help. 
Yet, as someone who has experienced with crises around the world, what I see behind the scramble for productivity is a perilous assumption. The answer to the question everyone is asking, when will this be over, is simple and obvious, yet terribly hard to accept. The answer is never. And then she goes on to talk about how these global crises and catastrophes change the world, right? They change our culture. They change how we relate to one another. And that every one of these crises has a legacy. And and that legacy will be burnt, tattooed on us, right? It will change mm-hmm. how we interact with one another and our families and our friends and our work forever. Uh, to, to imagine that schools after this massive leveling up of teacher skills and abilities in teaching online, we'll go back to 100% like just plain old school the way we've always had it after this is, I think, a fantasy, right? It'll go back to something where we'll be in schools, but there will be more online education for everyone because teachers will adjust to it, students will adjust to it. We're being forced to in a microwave oven right now. And that crucible forces long-term change. And I think that's what we need to get ready for. But the rest of this article, I think, is is sort of a meditation, and she, she calls it a peace offering, uh, which goes through these sort of stages of change. Uh, the first one is uh, security, right? You try to make room for protecting yourself uh, and for, for protecting your own uh, needs and your family's needs. And that is a completely normal thing to do. It also, um, you know, triggers the the paradox of control. And and that was an an additional sort of footnote on this conversation, which is why everybody is buying so much toilet paper. Oh, right. Right. That that is a trigger of the paradox of control. Right. This control paradox that says I'm out of control everywhere. But you know what I can control? I can buy a lot of toilet paper. That is a problem. Somehow that's going to make me feel better. Yeah, Yeah. because that will be one problem that is incredibly easy for me to solve now. And when I say now, I mean, when the this whole thing started. Right. Right. That was I'm going to I just this is going to be a thing I'm going to check off the list. I'm going to have so much toilet paper. I'm not going to have to worry about buying toilet paper just in case. And that created a challenge for everybody else to find toilet paper. Had had we not, had we been aware of the fact that we were falling into this paradox of control, realizing that there isn't actually a change in our toilet paper supply, mm-hmm. this virus is not going to be fixed by having more toilet paper. Had we been able to think rationally about that, we would have been able to, to stop ourselves and say, okay, I'm going to buy what I need and I'm going to figure out how to do the rest. Like, it'll be fine. It will be mm-hmm. fine. So that's the paradox of control. And I think that's one of the things that we just have to be aware of and, and trying to, you know, as we meditate, as we practice our mindfulness exercises, right, we have to be aware when we're falling into that paradox. What am I trying to control now irrationally? that may not be in my best interest or may be a waste of my emotional signal right now as I'm trying right. to, to actually get stuff done. Uh, stage two, she writes, is, is that mental shift. And it's the, the most important thing that comes out of this exercise is being aware of when you turn the corner, when you realize, you know what, um, there is a lot that isn't going to change back. I don't know what it, the final world is going to look like as in our next sort of 
you know, epic, but I know that there's a lot that isn't going to change back and I'm going to have to get on board with it. And there are a lot of us out there who aren't on board with a lot of things right now. But at some point, you're going to secure yourself and your team, she says. You're going to feel more stable. Your mind and body will adjust and you will crave challenges that are more demanding. Given time, your brain can and will reset to new crisis conditions and your ability to do higher level work will resume. And that is such an important message here that we're going to, whether we're doing it from our homes or from remote offices or from wherever, we're going to find a way to transcend crisis mode. That is a a beautiful thing to aspire to, to -hmm. remember that there is a there there. And, And so as hard as it is now, we're going to find the other side of it, right? We'll call mm-hmm. it a new normal, call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, call it Wednesday for all I care. At some right. point, you're going to ha- wake up and and you're going to figure out a new routine. And uh, it might be that you only go to online yoga classes from now on, right? If if that is if that's one of the big changes, maybe that's the big change. Right. Uh, but um, you know, I, I think one of the most uh, beautiful things out of all of this is the acceptance of finding social connection online the you know if you're right. like people are getting more and more accustomed to reaching out to old friends and family on zoom and seeing each other's faces through this crisis and that may be the greatest gift of all of this right mm-hmm. if there is a mm-hmm. gift in this it's that we are actually more connected emotionally even when we are not physically connected than we've ever been before and those are going to be i i think some hard habits to to shake in a in a really mm-hmm. good way so this mm-hmm. is a fantastic uh, little meditation on on shift i have shared it with a number of people and there are some people who've responded deeply negatively to it mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so i'm curious to to hear what others um, uh, feel like uh, so I will share in the show notes and and see what you think. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I got. Yes, absolutely. Well, good stuff, Pete. Thank you for sharing that. Well, thank and, you. And uh, again, thank you to to everyone who responded to the Facebook post. I really appreciate it. It really gives us insight too um, of what other people are going through. And and uh, again, we're we're not alone in in all of this. We're all dealing with it in different ways and and a uh, lot of uncertainty for sure. But like you said, there's gonna we're gonna get through it. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and your attention. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next time right here on Taking Control, the ADHD Podcast. Mm-hmm.